0: We're going to play him in a minute. That was a bit quick. Uh, I went to our National Australian Christian Churches Conference. We have it every two years, and it was this past week. And on the opening night, we got a surprise. Our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, was there. And I'm about to play you what he shared. Now, before you say, well, keep church and politics separate, uh, he a man of faith. And what you're about to hear is not a political speech, it's not trying to encourage you to vote for him or vote for anybody it's his heart for the local church and because i heard the message and i just fortunately happened to be seating eight rows back right in the middle so excuse the little shakes here and there because it's me holding my phone recording him Uh, uh, so if you can forgive me for that i did my best because it goes for about 20 22 minutes and you know after a little while Your hand's getting a little bit tired. Uh, So if you can put up with that, um, I really want you to hear our Prime Minister's heart. What country, what nation has their Prime Minister come to a pastor's conference and literally speak and preach uh, for 20 minutes? It's powerful. And uh, I'm going to share briefly off the back of it. So if you do go to the notes at vineyardcc.org. I haven't got notes of what our Prime Minister is sharing, but I'll be sharing um, briefly afterwards. So let's have a look. You ready? Okay, we might want to get the lights in, it might be easier to see, and uh, let's go.
1: Can I start, as is my custom every time I speak, particularly as Prime Minister? Can I acknowledge our Indigenous brothers and sisters who are here tonight? The great Southland of the Holy Spirit. Your yeah. elders, past, present, and future, can I also acknowledge, because I'm sure they're here, um, any veterans or Service men and women who are here tonight and pay honour and respect to them tonight and thank them for their service. Can I acknowledge my brothers who are here tonight Matt and Stewie um, Matt has recently joined us after the last election and it's wonderful to have him there uh, joining our, our band of, uh, of Christian believers in, in Canberra joining together regularly and uh, there's many more of us, I can assure you, from all different denominations, um, providing encouragement and fellowship to each other. Can I also acknowledge my very good mate, Stewie. Um, he and I came into the parliament together, and uh, all back in 2007, and Channy's here as well. And uh, he's been a great brother and, and uh, of mine over a long period of time. We've walked quite a journey together. So I'm, I'm so pleased that he could be acknowledged here on the Gold Coast tonight. Can, can I also um, give God some glory tonight? <laughs> In honoring some some pretty amazing people who are here who've had a big blessing on my life. And they're my pastors, Brad and Allie. Honor. Oh, here they are. Brad and Allie have been marvelous to Jenny and I and the girls and they took over that job from uh, from Mike and Val Murphy over here. They're amazing too. It's like the dose of pastors past here tonight, because these Joel and Julia Bell over here, who we knew uh, when we were at City at Hillsong, and of course to you, Brian, and, and to Bobby, just pay you honour, mate, and to Bobby as well. Great blessing. I'm sure you've heard it said. I remember him saying it. Use what God has put in your hand. You can finish it. To, use, to do what God has put in your heart. I remember when you said that that night out at the homebush And I think that has been a great blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. That's another one I know. Amazing impact. Best is yet to come. Is that right? That's right. I did want to share something with you tonight. A few things that are on my heart. I need your help. I need your help. I remember my late father-in-law Jenny sends her best by the way Um, thank you for your prayers for Jen particularly most recently she's amazing I'm just thrilled that the rest of the country is getting to work out what I've known for a very very long time and uh, she's a great blessing you know she's got an amazing heart Uh, the way she's used the opportunity that God has given us for such a time as this the way that she has been able to reach out to people um, and just be a blessing to them and a comfort to them uh, her heart is just as big as it comes mm-hmm. and uh, god is using her and i think in, in great ways mm-hmm. not in political ways I'm not, i haven't come to talk to you about politics tonight um the opportunities that have come our way
0: mm-hmm.
1: um Layla and danny abdallah i don't know if you know Layla and danny they lost the, their, their three children um, when they were run over at Oaklands. and jenny has forced an amazing friendship with her and and uh and that family and the other families that are affected and that's an amazing faith that forgives and they've been a blessing to this country but so jenny's sorry she can't be here tonight but i do need your help i, I used my, my father-in-law was an amazing christian there wasn't a day that went past when roy was not in complete wonder about how god saved him
0: it wasn't a day
1: he grew up in uh, in bondi when it was a lot tougher than it was today um, and he had, a, he had a bit of a rough time growing up. He was a bit of a loner and, and God reached him through, some great, through a great church uh, where he was and he just lived the rest of his life going, I can't believe how great God is. And he would just give thanks every single day. And uh, when I was younger, because I started going out with Jenny when I was 16, and um, so I would sit and we'd have discussions, Roy and I, um and even then back then i was interested in things political and so was roy and he would talk about government we would talk about all this and he'd get very frustrated with me because i wouldn't answer all the questions and i said "Well, you know roy you know i, I, I can't fix the world i can't save the world we both believe in someone who can yeah. and that's why i've come here for your help tonight mm. because what you do and what you bring mm. to the life of faith of our country Is what it needs in my view. Rabbi Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, you may know of him, he was the Chief Rabbi of the synagogue in in London. If you haven't read of any, any of Rabbi Sachs' work, I strongly encourage you to. He wrote a book just before he died called Morality. Now it wasn't about what you might think or I think most people who are outside of faith communities would think when you say morality. And he said this about it. He said, you lose your morality and you're in danger of losing your freedom. He said, our rights used to be how we were protected from the state and now it's what we expect of it. He said, what we once expected from family and community, now we can track this to the state and to the market. And he channeled someone else, a famous economist, Friedrich Hayek, I'm an economist. Freedom has never worked without deeply ingrained moral beliefs. He was talking about community and that you can't replace community with governments, with the market, with other institutions, you can't. You can't replace the family. You can't replace marriage. You can't replace the things that are so personal and ingrained and come out of us as individuals with systems of power or systems of capital. And these are important things, but they can't replace community. And every church, people will say to me, what church do you go to? I'm so. go to Horizon Church. Used to be known as Shy Life Church. Been to other churches, been in Baptist churches, been in Brethren churches. I've always been at a community church. That's where I wanna be. Yeah. And a church that believes in community and creates community.
0: Yeah.
1: And the essence of community is each individual understanding that they're valued, that they're unique, that they can respect one another, that they can contribute to one another. We cannot allow what we feel entitled to to be more important than what we're responsible for. This is is very important stuff that Rabbi Sachs is talking about. Because he gets it that the essence of morality is not what others would think it is, about sexuality and, and all of these issues. Of course, these things relate to it. But it's about the dignity and value of each and every human being and the responsibilities that they have one to another. You know, you cancel out one human being and you cancel community because community is just, is just human beings who God loves. And, and is intended to connect us one to another. Morality is about focusing not on you, but on the person next to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's about focusing, for me, on you, not me. That is the essence of community. And you can't pass a law for it. You can't create a building for it. It is essentially what springs from each and every one of us. Yeah. Community. It's born of what he likes to call a covenant. And a covenant as we read, particularly in the Old Testament, he tends to read the Old Testament a bit more often than you. <laughs> but he seems to understand it a lot better than many of them. <laughs> Not Brad, Brad's great. He's all over it. But he speaks about this in a way, it's not a transaction because in a covenant, there are responsibilities, not just obligations, but responsibilities. There is relationship in covenant, which is what God sought with Israel in covenant. Deep relationship, it's personal. It goes beyond, there's the giving of oneself, the respect, the dignity, the caring uh, together. The sharing of interests the sharing of lives the pledging of faithfulness and achieving together what cannot be achieved alone a covenant more than a transaction family and marriage God has created in the same way to reflect that covenant that we can have and so I need you to keep building community in this country I need you to keep doing the things that you do which allows Australians, both here and wherever you may be. Brad does amazing work up in Papua New Guinea. I know how much he loves going up there and I'm sure there are many other here that have blessed our Pacific family and maybe some of our Pacific family here, I don't know, or at least joining us online. But it's so important that we continue to reach out and let each and every Australian know that they are important, that they are valued, that they are significant. And as we believe, they are created in the image of God. And that in understanding that, they can go on a journey that I'm very confident you can take them. And I'm relying on you to do that because that's not my job, that's yours. <laughs> there are some threats to this that I want to share with you. There is a fashion these days to not think of Australians as individuals there is particularly I think amongst our young people and I worry about this people think of themselves it's called identity politics they think of themselves by the things they can describe and collect them with others these are important things one's ancestry one's gender where one's from if you're from the Shire well that's great you're starting ahead of everybody else <laughs> as they say prayer in the Shire is a local call it's Cronulla for those of you who are not <laughs> familiar with I'm referring to but there is a tendency for people not to see themselves and value themselves in their own right as individuals and to see themselves only defined by some group and to get lost in that group and you know when you do that you lose your humanity and you lose your connection I think one to each other and you're defined by your group not by I think I believe who God has created you to be and to understand that and that's a big thing going on in our community in our society today and it's corrosive it's absolutely corrosive and I think it's I think it's undermining community and I think it's undermining the self-worth that Australians can have because if you're only defined by what pack you're in or what group you're in or what group you've been or what docs you've put in and how others have defined you or sought to define you, either to enlist you to their cause or whatever that might be, Australians need to understand that they themselves individually and personally are unique and wonderful. Because you know if you look at each other not as individuals but as warring tribes you know it's easy to start disrespecting each other yeah. it's easy to start not understanding the person across from you and this is important in politics for us too that there is a beating heart over there there is a unique individual with a unique set of issues and challenges and, and, and opportunities and possibilities and all of these sorts of things and when you start stop seeing that and just see someone as Well, they're of that view and that group and and that's why people start writing stupid things on Facebook and the internet and being disrespectful one another. And we all know that how that is corroding and and desensitizing our country and our society, not just here, but all around the world. And I think it's an evil thing. I think it's a very evil thing. And we've got to pray about it. We've got to call it out. And we've got to to raise up the, the spiritual weapons against this because it is going to take our young people. It's going to take their courage going to take their hope it's going to steal their hope and we've got to pray about that we've got to pray against that because it is such a corrosive thing that we're seeing take place yeah sure yet social media has its virtues and its values and it enables to connect to people in ways we've never had before terrific terrific but those weapons can also be used by the evil one and we need to call that out so this is the help i need from me. I need your help to keep doing what you're doing. Mm. I need your help to remind Australians how precious they are Mm. and how unique they are. Mm. Can I finish with four verses I just wanted to share with you? Can I do that, Brad? Have I got time to do that? Okay. When I ask that question, people always say yes. (laughs) There will come a time where that will not be true. It never (laughs) will. But it's not tonight. <laughs> tonight, there are a number of things. It's in 1 Chronicles 13. There are four verses I want to share with you in closing. Things that I've learnt while I've been Prime Minister, and indeed long before that. Drawn to 1 Chronicles 13, three. It's about David. And David said, I'm just trying to find it here properly. Take these off. That'll help. I've lost it here. 1 Chronicles 3. Anyway, it talks about how in the time of Saul, they didn't inquire of the Lord. And it is important for us to inquire of the Lord. And this is how David established and set up when he became king that all other kings Saul had not done that and we know that over the course of Israel's history that those who didn't inquire of the Lord those who neglected the Lord those who put what the Lord had put in their heart to one side then their kingdoms went where they went and the people followed them where they went and we all remember what happened when that occurred And this is a constant reminder to me just in my own personal walk and I'm encouraged by the people I've mentioned already tonight and many more. That it's something I seek to do and a lot of people outside this place who you will understand what I'm talking about. It's not a political thing. Faith is very much an ingrained part of my life and I just seek his wisdom in the same way you do each and every day and it's important that we do that. The second one, I like this one, in Psalm 23, 5, where he talks about preparing a banquet for you in the presence of your enemies. Yes. We've got to sit down with our, at that banquet. I sit down at that banquet every single day. <laughs> <time. laughs> <laughs> but that's where we're called. He didn't ask us to sit. He didn't prepare a banquet for us. In the presence of our greatest admirers and friends who would tell us wonderful and lovely things, as nice as that is, he said, I have prepared this banquet for you in the presence of your enemies, and I will be with you at that table. And that is a wonderful reminder to me each and every day. I was up at uh, in uh, the Pilbara the other night, and uh, Jenny, many, many years ago, got me this lovely little verse and she put it in a frame so I'd see it each morning about being strong and courageous and do not be discouraged from Joshua 1 9. and there was a young fellow who was up and he worked at the mines and he just came up to me because of people you know were saying good day we're talking and he just came up and said Joshua 1 9 and I said I've got that one mate <laughs> I've got that one and when you read as, as we all do that keeps coming back to me over and over and over again any of us in leadership understand that Mm -hmm. is yes he's prepared that banquet and yes we inquire of the Lord but you must be strong, you must be courageous and you must not be discouraged what I like about (laughs) what I like about that verse is he knows that we get discouraged Mm -hmm. He knows that those who would seek to hold us back would have us be discouraged. So he knows it's gonna happen. It's no surprise to him that we may feel like that. So he simply says, don't be. (laughs) Be strong, be courageous, do not be discouraged. And this came home to me importantly, during the last election campaign, in fact, and I was up on the uh, Central Coast and I was up there with Jenny. It was a it was a pretty tough week actually, the last couple of weeks of the campaign, and I was at Ken Duncan's gallery, and I hadn't I didn't know we were going to go to Ken Duncan's gallery. We were speaking at a rally that day, and we had to go and hold somewhere as you we often do before we go to the next event. And uh, I must admit, I was saying to myself, you know. Lord, where are you? (laughs) Where are you? I'd like a reminder if that's okay (laughs) and so I walk in so I didn't know I was supposed to be at Ken's gallery and Ken's, Ken's, Ken's a great Christian guy as you all know and I walked into his gallery and there right in front of me was the biggest picture of a soaring eagle that I could imagine and of course the verse hit me at roaring wings of an eagle, run and do not grow weary, walk and not go faint. But the message I got that day was, Scott, you've got to run to not grow weary. Yeah. Oh, wow. 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 You've got to walk to not grow faint. Yeah. You've got to spread your wings like an eagle to soar like an eagle so i hope those few things encourage you they certainly encourage me and jenny every day we are very grateful for the amazing prayers and support that we get from christians all around the country it is an avalanche the letters we get the support we get, the books that are sent to me uh, <laughs> constantly. I don't know if you're telling them to send them your books. But I've got them all there. They're down in Canberra. It's quite a library that's building up. But people send me verses. They tell me their stories. They, they share things with me. They share things with Jenny. It's a privilege. It is an absolute privilege. I've been in evacuation centers where people thought I was just giving someone a hug and I was praying and putting my hands on people in various places, laying hands on them and praying in various situations. I was just in Kalbarri where the cyclone has just gone through. Yeah. In all of these places, Wayne, you're right. And Lynn, it's, it's been quite a time. It's been quite a time. And God has, I believe, been using us to, in those moments, to be able to provide some relief and comfort and just some reassurance and we'll keep doing this for as long as, as, as that season is. Mm. That's how we see it. Um, we are called, all of us, for a time and for a season. Mm. And uh, God would have us use it wisely. Mm. And uh, for each day, I, I get up and I move ahead. There is just one little thing that's in my head, and that is for such a time as this, for such a time as this. God bless you. Thank you very much.
0: Godly, faith-filled uh, Christian Prime Minister. Can we pray for him? I'm going to just leave him. I'm going to leave him up there while we pray for him. Is that all right? Reach your hand towards him. I know it's just a video, but that's him. So, Father God, we just thank you for our leader, Lord. And uh, despite which party which party he represents, what side of politics he sits on, that doesn't matter. Right now, we pay honor to a person in leadership over our nation, and we thank you for his faith. We thank you for his godliness, his character, and Lord, his humility, and, and Lord, the wisdom that you give him, Father, as he leads our nation through many disasters and things that happen. Lord, it's not a thankful job. Lord, it's quite a, it's a job at the forefront where you know he, he's under attack constantly. So we pray, Father God, for protection. Lord, that you would lift up his hands. Lord, that you would uh, counsel his heart, that you would give him peace and wisdom as he leads our nation with faith and confidence that comes from you. So Father God, we thank you for him in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Give God praise. It's awesome. So good. We can hit the lights again so people don't fall asleep while I'm talking. Uh, That'll be good. (laughs) What we're going to do in the time that we have left, and there's not much time and that's okay, But we're going to take a few things from what our prime minister spoke to us. That's him speaking to the church. So that's you. So I hope you received what he spoke today over your life. But we're just going to today, in the time that we have left, inquire of the Lord. Uh, he, He brought that out. And I thought that was interesting. We've forgotten to inquire of the Lord, we can get comfortable the way we're living our life. We can get into our routines and, oh yeah, I've been a Christian for X amount of years, and since the days of Noah, so I'm all good. and And we can get comfortable. There's that complacency that comes with comfort, and so we're going to inquire of the Lord today as we talk about community, and that's what He talked about. That community matters, and I want to pick up one line. I don't know if you caught it. Um, And it ties in with what we're talking about at Youth Girls that we started on Friday. And that is, if you cancel out one person, you cancel community. That's powerful. That's powerful. Some of us think the community is gathering with all the people that are like us, look like us, smell like us, do what we do. And that's community. But that's not true community. That's hanging around with your mates and the people that you like. And we talked about at Youth, um, we're, we're talking about cancel culture. Who's heard of that term? way more people than at youth. (laughs) You have now because you were listening on Friday, so that's good. We're talking about cancel culture, and we're so quick to just cut someone off if they're different to us, or we don't love them, or they're not like us, or we don't understand them, so let's just cancel them out, and then I don't have to worry about them. But then that destroys and cancels community. You know, the language we hear around Anzac Day is that the Anzacs died for our way of life that we lead today. Uh, the, The The greatest freedoms that we enjoy today because of what they did for us. And as the PM suggested, community is under attack. Uh, Engaging and being part of community is under attack. A community is made up of individual, unique people joining together to enjoy life. Is that not a picture of the church? That we would come together and enjoy community together. Now, God values community so much that he commands a blessing upon it. And we're going to read uh, Psalm 133 verses 1 to 3. And it says this, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Do you think that's a good idea? It's in His Word. How pleasant it is, how beautiful it is that we can gather together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard. The beard of Aaron running down on the edge of garments. It's like the Jew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing life evermore. Behold how good and pleasant it is for us to dwell in unity. For there the Lord commands a blessing. I don't know about you, but I want to live a life of blessing. I don't want to live a life of cursing. I don't want to turn every corner and something bad's going on. And don't confuse blessing with money. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about living the blessed life in every aspect of your life. I want to be in that place. And I'm sure you want to be in that place. And so unity matters. It's important. But do you know what? The greatest enemy to unity, do you know what it is? You said it. Me. Me. I don't mean me, me. I mean me as in you as in me. Each of us. We're the greatest enemy to unity. That's why we're inquiring of the Lord today. Because some of you probably think you're okay. But there are things that I think God wants to touch on. People in this place today, people watching online, people at home watching this later uh, after we upload it. God wants to put his finger on a few things, maybe make us a little bit uncomfortable (gasps) and deal with us when it comes to matters of community. Because the greatest enemy to unity is me. But to start off with, before I even go anywhere, we need to ask God to help us by praying the most ancient of prayers. And it's simple, it's come Holy Spirit, would you just lift your hands if you're able to in His presence? And just say it with me. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and dwell in this place, Holy Spirit. Come and touch our hearts. Come and lead us and guide us, convict us, challenge us. Help us be better ambassadors for you. Come, Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to talk about very quickly. Three places that we find unity. And here's the first one. We find unity when we know what we're united for. It's important to know what we're united for in order for us to be in unity. Let's begin with a basic definition of community when it comes to the church, because that's what we're talking about. A community is a place where believers connect with each other on a soul level and in doing so spur each other on to a deeper relationship with God. That's why we come together, to encounter God together and to encourage each other and spur each other on in our relationship with Jesus. A community is more than just a bunch of individual friendships. It's an atmosphere of deep relationships, a place where friends connect in grace and truth. In community, believers can authentically challenge each other through words and deeds towards being like Christ. Why? Because community in the church is about cheering each other on. So when one of us goes through a deep, dark patch where life is tough and our relationship with Jesus is challenged, we're there to lift each other up, hold each other's arms up and cheer each other on and say, you're going to make it. You're going to get through this because Christ is for you. He's not against you. He wants to lead you to a place where you conquer this darkness, reach the other end, which is the light of Christ shining in your life. And then that's community, isn't it? Where we can encourage each other and cheer each other on to that place. It's not a place where we gather and point out each other's faults or get grumpy at each other or, yeah, you smell funny today, so I'm going to sit on that side of the church. I mean, that doesn't help you in this church. We're not big, so you'll still smell it there from there anyway. So it's all good. Here's the thing. Community is about gathering together to cheer each other on in our relationship with Christ. That's what we gather That's why God pulls us and brings us together. We're united to be a community together that can see all people. Everyone say all. All All people drawn into a closer relationship with Jesus. That includes the person that doesn't know Jesus yet. So church isn't a place where just the Christians gather. Church is a place that is a community of people cheering each other on in their relationship with Jesus. Now we want people to walk through our door that don't know him yet. Because that's why we're here. It's not why the people say, well, the minister's here, so he'll preach the word and lead them to Jesus. Well, you know, I'll give my utmost. But you're here to embrace new people, to welcome them into the house of God, to cheer them on and lead them in a way that they could become closer in their relationship with Jesus. You might even play the role of introducing someone to Jesus. Why not? Because it's not just the pastor's job. When it comes to those matters, we're all ministers. We all have a responsibility to share the good news uh, with people. And so we want our community here at Vineyard, and we value this, and I'll defend it to the hilt. If I ever see it being attacked, look out. You'll see grumpy PJ uh, coming after you. Am I ever grumpy? I try not to be. But seriously, if community gets under attack, I'm here like a shepherd, and I'm just going to get my little shepherd's crook and whooshka, sort it out. Because you know what? (laughs) Community is important. And if ever one person walks in here and doesn't feel welcome, I haven't done my job as a shepherd to make this a safe place for people to come and join our community and be part of experiencing who Jesus is and developing their relationship with him. You know, where there is unity, God commands blessing. And this church is blessed, and I'll tell you why. Because we are community and we defend it. We don't have welcome home just as pretty words up on signs everywhere as people come in. Do you like our new signs? We haven't really talked about them, but they're pretty awesome, aren't they? Uh, we, 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 we don't just have those words put up just as a pretty saying. It's a part of our culture of this church that everyone that walks through those doors is welcome home. So we find unity when we know what we're united for. Well, we're united as a community to draw people To this place, to encounter Jesus and build and develop their relationship with him, we all play a role in that. Here's the second thing. We find unity when we pick the important battles to engage in and avoid the less essential ones. It's gone very quiet in here all of a sudden. We've got to pick our battles, right? Remember that the greatest enemy of unity is me, self. It's just easier to say me. Two letters. Self is for. got to think a bit more. Me, self, you're right. That's the greatest enemy. And it, you know why? Because maybe we don't pick our battles so well. Maybe we go in there to try and win because we're, you know, proud or we don't like losing fights or whatever it is. But pick your battles, you know. Do we lack in humility sometimes? Yes. Do we need to be right all the time? A lot of us, yes. it's <laughs> important to us. But I'm right. You've got it, And there's a fight. And is it really worth fighting over? Probably not. You know, are, are we challenged by dealing with our own offence? Are, are we challenged by dealing with our own disappointment? Do we need to really fight those battles? In hindsight, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? You, you have a big whooshker of an argument, whatever it is, and you go home and then you think, Oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I shouldn't have. Can I say idiot in church? I did. doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm, st- I'm stupid. I-, I shouldn't have said those words, but I was just so stubborn. But hindsight's a beautiful thing. Can we be people of God that uh, hold our tongue, slow to anger and respond, and maybe just use a little bit of wisdom and pick our battles? Because some battles are just not worth fighting, just for the sake of being right. I think as you get older, it gets easier. I don't know. Does it? i'm finding that um i think you get more wisdom as you get older and and, and the need to justify yourself and be right lessons i think i don't know maybe it's different for everyone but that's what i'm finding that you know now i just half the battles i used to fight i think why did i even you know put the energy into that it really you know you think of family fights and things and And now it's awkward because you come together at Christmas and you sit at the same table, but I'll make brothers at that end and you're at this end because never the twain shall meet anymore because you've had some silly little argument that no one's willing to apologise for. I don't know. We find unity when we know what we're united for. We find unity when we pick the important battles to engage in and and avoid the less essential ones. And, And this is the last one, and maybe I'm talking to that family that had that silly argument we find unity when we remember we are family. You know, we're we're even family with the ones that haven't walked in here yet. They walk in their welcome home. They're part of the family. They might take months to accept Jesus. That's okay. That's not the. They don't have to accept Jesus to walk into this place. People are welcome here. And, and they become part of the family instantly. You know what? Welcoming them to to, to Jesus. Introducing them to Jesus, leading them in a prayer, however it happens, will happen. If you're persistent and you're encouraging them, and we're doing our job as community, which is leading people in a relationship with Jesus, getting closer to Him. But we need to remember that we're family. And I think we quickly forget that sometimes when we're angry or when we're disappointed. Or when we're upset. Here's an important thing about family. And again, talking to that family that had that whooshka of an argument. We need to forgive each other. We're going to inquire of the Lord in just a moment. But I guarantee, even in a room this size, somebody right now is like feeling nervous. (laughs) Because we can probably all think of something that's happened. An argument that happened. A fight that shouldn't really have happened but did. And we haven't forgiven the person. And we've preached on forgiveness many times in this church. And forgiveness is more about what it does to you than what it does to the other person. So be released today as we inquire of the Lord and search, ask God to search our heart. I want you to be encouraged in this play. This isn't meant to be a put the thumb on you and put the pressure on your message and you walk out feeling low. This is meant to be releasing today because as we inquire of the Lord, I believe He's going to touch people's hearts. I believe He's going to move. I believe He's going to do something powerful because there's somebody we need to forgive. There's somebody we need to go and say sorry to. We need to pick up the phone and ring them. We need to go and see them. We need to talk in the foyer after church. I don't know if it's someone here that you need to to deal with forgiveness with. But remember what our Prime Minister said. If we cancel one person we cancel community and so if there are people not sitting in this place today because of a disagreement that you've had with them we're playing a role in cancelling community ouch that hurts doesn't it but i hope it does in a good way i hope it stirs us to want to move and do something about this i want to invite mr keyboard player come and play for me not too loud (laughs) give him a hand he's awesome he's really good I want us to do business with God I want us to inquire of the Lord we've got one minute left so we've got heaps more time than that because I'm the boss so we just finish when I say we finish (laughs) amen amen would you just bow your heads with me I want the Lord to speak to us today. And look, there are lots of people away today for whatever reason. It's a long weekend. Let's get away. Uh, But I know that the people in this place today, the people watching online at home, God wants to do business with us right now as we inquire of him. I want us to actively inquire of the Lord. Lord, is there anything you would have me do to help promote community? Because community matters. People feeling welcome matters. And I don't want to be a blockage. I don't want to be uh, an instrument for the enemy to get a foothold in this place and cancel community. So God, I just pray right now for every person under the sound of my voice, every person watching online at home, that you would begin to touch our hearts as we inquire of you. God, that you would begin to move powerfully in our midst and set us free from those things that are holding community back in this place and so if that's you and you'd say Pastor Jeremy that's me I, I need to get right with someone I need to stop being a blockage, I need to apologise I need whatever it is, I'm not going to ask you to confess what that is to me but I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand because I want to include you in a prayer in this moment that's going to be powerful and it's going to set you free and loose you from the things that are holding you back at this moment, yeah I see that hand, that's great Praise God. Yep, I see that hand too. Yep, see those hands. The Holy Spirit, remember Holy Spirit come. We've asked the Holy Spirit to come. And so he's moving in this place. You might not have lifted your hand up yet, that's okay. But God's doing business in your heart right now. If you've raised your hand, could I ask you to be bold and stand up? in his presence. Just stand right now. No one's looking around. No one's going to judge you. You're in a safe place here, remember. This is welcome home. So stand to your feet. I'm going to believe for the Holy Spirit to come and touch you. Lift your hands to heaven. Why do we do that? It's just opening ourselves up. It's saying, God, I need you. I can't do this in my own strength. Heavenly Father, I pray for those right now that are being touched by your presence, by your Spirit, I thank you that you've shown us today the importance of community. I just pray right now, whatever it is that's being a blockage to that in these people's lives, whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's bitterness, whether it's anger, whether it's hurt, shame, whatever it is, I loose it now in the name of Jesus. Father God, touch each person online at home, people with their hands raised in your presence right now. I just pray, Father God, that your Holy Spirit would come and do business in our hearts today. Help us to forgive. Help us to move on. Help us to embrace community and not uh, not uh, be a blockage to community. God, thank you for revealing to us what's going on inside, and I pray that you deal with it because Holy Spirit, you know what needs to be done in each person's life, and so we ask for the Holy Spirit to be loosed in each one, ministry to come to hearts right now, in Jesus' name. And everyone said. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand together. Let's all stand as we come to a close. If you need Jesus, if you haven't said yes to Him, if you haven't surrendered your life to Him, this is your moment. And so we've been talking about community and why we gather. We gather because of one person, Jesus, God's only Son who came and He gave His life for you and for me because we needed a Saviour. We've broken God's law. We can't meet his standard in our own strength. But God sent his son because he loved us so much. And he says, whoever believes in him, we're not going to perish, but we're going to have everlasting life. And so I want to encourage you, if you're in this place today and you haven't said yes to Jesus, if you're online at home, would you just lift up your hands in his presence? And we're going to pray a prayer together, receiving Jesus as our Lord, because we should all do that. The Bible tells us to work out our salvation daily. In fear and trembling, it's not that kind of fear like it's a horror movie. It's reverent fear, because God is awesome. And so if you're accepting Jesus for the first time, or you're rededicating your life to him, or you're just one of our great church members we're going to say this together right now, let's just receive Jesus. Say, "Dear Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. I thank you that you made me free from my sin my poor choices, all the things I've done wrong. You release me into a new life. And so I make you my Lord. I confess it with my mouth. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead to make me free. And so God, now I'm a Christian. And I choose to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we praise God? Thank Him. God is good. Amen. God is good. He's faithful and He's true. Fantastic. We're going to have morning tea together, have some fellowship together. And uh, take a brochure, Joel. You need to barricade the door.